Christian McCaffrey is a 49er, but the Panthers don't seem to mind. Ole Miss was upset down in the bayou, which makes Alabama versus LSU a little more interesting. Our small market NBA teams are 2-1. and one. Does this mean they will get more screen time? And is Eli Ricks the answer for Alabama's secondary problems? All this and more on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go! Let's go! Don't wait! This night's almost over! On it! Let's make this last What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Stolman. With me, as always, is my co-host, Christy. Hi! And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Podcast or my personal Instagram, jakestill14. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Marie underscore double zero. It has been really quite, I guess, the weekend. I mean, basically, as always, there's never anything going on that isn't exciting in the South for the past few weekends. That's true. It wasn't as exciting as we've seen. I mean, I guess Clemson was excited. They rushed their fields. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, too. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just us being Alabama fans, but the idea of rushing the field isn't exciting to me. It's really not. And, I, you know, I really can't remember the last time Alabama did it, you know, except for championship games which should be the standard that's when you should rush the field but when you beat a team that's ranked lower than you you, yeah I'm not sure I know Clemson always does it I'm told but still it kind of made them look silly especially because Syracuse well this is the first time they've been getting a while they're known for being a basketball school yeah they are so yeah it's just it was a weird situation. <laughs> it definitely is. And I mean, speaking of other weird situations, it's actually kind of funny because with this, you know, Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers, but he got traded right after we had scheduled the episode to be published on Friday. So we're kind of a little late to that. We are, but I think it's definitely still relevant and people are talking about it ex- Especially because the 49ers did not look great with him and the Panthers won without him. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's kind of all over the place. I mean, obviously, I know that it's only Tuesday. This happened on Friday. He played out, obviously, on Sunday. So it's not too, too bad there. But it's really weird because the Panthers seem to do well without him. They did do well without him. They seem to be clicking finally. I I don't want to credit that to him leaving because I don't think there was any, you know, tension between him and the team, but they definitely played a lot better without him. No, I mean, I don't think there was any tension. I mean, he's made it known that he's always thankful for what this team had done and he's grateful to have been a part of it so I think it's you know great I mean I don't think there was any bad blood or animosity between the two sides I think this is more of a this is the team that came in and Tampa Bay is kind of just shrugging along you know looking all over and they're struggling so I think it was kind of where Carolina came and got them off guard in a sense 
Right. No, I do think they were lucky to play them this week. I Their defense did well, um, speaking of the Bucks, but, and I know I've mentioned this before, I think all the publicity that's going on with Brady is really affecting him and his leadership because, I mean, the offense was all over the place. And you have Mike Evans, who I don't know the last time he dropped a pass, especially from Brady, and he was wide open. We all know. We saw it, and he dropped that pass. I mean, they're just not clicking. It's kind of like your heart just fell into your foot when you saw that. It did for not only but the whole team. And actually, speaking of pretty crazy news, I just got the alert that the Jets are acquiring Jags running back James Robinson for a sixth-round pick that could become a fifth. Now, I know that Jacksonville isn't technically in the South, but that is breaking news. Um, If you haven't heard, the terrific rookie, Brees Hall, had a – I don't know if it was an Achilles injury or if it was an MCL but he's out for the rest of the year. They're basically now getting a steal with James Robinson. And he's going to come in right now and he can contend with this New York team, which is insane because I never thought I would say that in the next few years. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. Um, But that's great news for them. And, you know, I think the Jaguars are kind of in the same boat as the Panthers. They're going to have to ride out the rest of this season and those two teams are going to have some great picks. So they might shake things up next year. Absolutely. So I really think with it, I mean, with the trade deadline coming up, we're going to see a lot of picks moved around. I mean, we don't really know what to expect with our teams from the South, but right now, I mean, there are a lot of teams that could be trading. And then obviously looking back at the 49ers, they gave up a lot of draft picks over the past few years. They really did, but I think they feel secure with the team they have this year. So I, you know, I don't think they were going to be out looking to change up their team a whole lot. Now I will say with Christian McCaffrey, he can be an injury prone player, but I think once he learns their offense, I think he's really going to be an asset for them. I have to agree with that, too. And also a big reason why Christian McCaffrey went to the 49ers is his relationship with Kyle Shanahan. Um, So Christian McCaffrey's dad, Ed, is one of the best receivers from the 1990s, early 2000s. He played for the Broncos with Mike Shanahan. And at that time, Kyle was around that facility a lot. And there's also actually stories of Kyle Shanahan babysitting Christian McCaffrey. I know, it's really funny. So I think they have a good connection. And this team can be a good team. But right now, I mean, they have a lot of injuries, too. I mean, they just got Nick Bosa back. Their defense is kind of all over the place. With their offense, you know, Trent Williams just came back. And you have Debo, you've got George Kittle and Jimmy G. So it's a good offense, but also, you know, bringing in Christian McCaffrey and saying, hey, your first game is against the Chiefs, that's not really the most exciting thing to hear. 
No, that's true. And, you know, I don't know that he even had a chance to practice with them as he was traded um, so late in the week. And I'm sure they were already traveling by then. So just to be thrown out on the field with all these players, yeah, um, I think he's going to get better as the season goes on. I definitely agree. I mean, there was something that I heard yesterday that he was reading the playbook when he was flying from Charlotte to San Francisco. Now, obviously, I don't know the distance between Charlotte and San Francisco, but that's got to be, you know, one of the hardest things to adjust to. And obviously, I know everyone's going to be excited to see him there. He really only had maybe a, a day to fully get used to everything. Having this week for him will mean a lot more. No, exactly. I mean, like you said, that time to read that playbook was his practice for that game. So considering that, he did well. So like you said, with this whole week being able to be with the team in practice, I think we'll see a lot more of him. For sure. So I think right now it's safe to say that they got a good, you know, player. They gave up a good bit, but I think it'll be worth it, especially because this guy is well-liked and he's going to be great in the locker room. Moving on to our next topic, Ole Miss with the surprise loss. What are our thoughts in regards to this? Coming from an Alabama fan's perspective, I mean, you really didn't want to see either team win. I know someone has to win, but and that's because we have to play both of them in the coming weeks. Um, LSU was favored in this game, surprisingly, but I still didn't think they were going to pull it off. I didn't either. I was actually very surprised that LSU was looking really good. It was as if they were looking like a completely different team. It's kind of like that, you know, 2011 team of Jordan Jefferson. That's kind of how they were looking to me. But this is, wow. I mean, I know that we we haven't given Brian Kelly a lot of backlash, but he has struggled this year. It's been tough for him. It has. He's kind of been up and down all over the place. You know, he came from Notre Dame into the SEC, which is a completely different animal. So there's a lot to learn for him. But this was impressive. LSU played a full four quarters. And I think that's where Ole Miss kind of let themselves go. They got tired and they gave up at the end. Yeah, and I have to agree there. I mean, I'm still proud of Lane. He should be proud. I mean, I, I think he's proud. I, I can never tell with Lane. I feel like there's some moments where he's super proud and there's some moments where he's that TikTok sound, don't talk to me or something. I feel yeah. like Lane is that good balance. But he's building something exciting in Ole Miss. I feel like this is just some of the growing pains as a coach. I mean, you have a young quarterback. Jackson Dart struggled. Yeah, he really did. And, you know, I agree with what you said about Lane and he's almost, we know he obviously worked under Saban and I think he has a lot of his character traits. Um, I think they had to lose one. I don't think they thought it was going to be this one, but I do think this will kind of be a wake up call for them if they want to contend with all the other teams they're going to play this season. But even Lane said, you can't sit around and dwell on this game. You have to look to the coming games. 
And I mean, that's a very Nick Saban answer. I feel <laughs> like if you were to ask Lane that, you know, probably in you know, 2010, he would not say that. He would just say something super uncharacteristic. Now he's saying things a lot like Nick or Kirby. No, he really is. He's reminding me a lot like them, which is good for Old Miss. They needed it. It definitely is. Um, and really, I think with this, it brings up the next question. What does it mean for Alabama in the next few weeks? Now, Alabama is on a bye, and they finish their bye with a night game in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Night games in Baton Rouge are always something that we struggle with. They are, and I think this win for LSU just made that worse for us. Obviously, they're going to have the adrenaline rolling, but I think it's good for Alabama that we do have this bye week. It's going to give us time to fix things we need to fix and time to look at LSU. Absolutely. I think with this LSU team right now, this is one of the few quarterbacks that Alabama has faced who is a dynamic runner and a dynamic thrower. Obviously, we faced K.J. Jefferson, and we held him for the most part, but this is going to be a very similar instance, you know, making sure that he doesn't run, but also making sure that everyone is following through. I mean, this Defense is good, but they also were without a lot of players this past week, especially on the defensive line. Yeah, that's true. We're definitely going to have to play like we played against Mississippi State in terms of cleaning up our penalties, especially with the defense. I definitely agree with that. So right now we will have an exciting game to see in a few weeks between Alabama and LSU. LSU is definitely all over the place. LSU, as you mentioned, also rushed the field after that game. So there's that. Um, Ole Miss can still compete. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think they still look strong. And like I said, maybe this loss will allow them to sit back and realize you know, they're not untouchable, and they do need to work on some things. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's really any team in the SEC that is untouchable. I know someone will say, well, what about Tennessee? No, they're going to find a way. I mean, that's the thing about Tennessee is that they will always find a way to mess up. I hope so. <laughs> so, really with this, I mean, Ole can still compete, but right now, I mean, this was – definitely a big help for Alabama because now Alabama is back on top of the SEC West. Now, moving forward to our NBA focus, we definitely got some excitement. If you heard last week's episode, you know, we were talking a lot about the NBA. Our teams in the South are all two and one. They're looking great. They are playing really well but I think they should get more airtime, and I don't think that the Los Angeles Lakers should always be on TV for basketball. That's so true. Let's give some of the other teams, especially in the South, some love. I think with this, obviously football is going to be number one in the South. It's just a way of life. (laughs) But 
we're seeing a great development of the basketball teams in the South. You know, you've got New Orleans, you've got Atlanta, you've got Charlotte, you've got Memphis. And I think with how good that these teams can be and really how bad the Lakers have been, it could be an idea where, hey, maybe it's time to give these teams a shot. And a lot of them are getting that airtime, which is good. So I definitely think that these teams should get more airtime. But it also comes down to making sure people are watching. Right. And I think, like you said, the more hype and the more excitement around these teams, it's going to create more buzz and get people watching and excited. I definitely agree. So obviously, keep your eyes peeled for how our small market teams in the South are doing when it comes to basketball. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. And most importantly, we hopefully we'll get to see some Alabama players keep playing. Herb Jones is playing for the Pelicans. So if you're a big fan of Herb, like I am, you'll be able to get to watch him. And of course, there are some other kind of players too. You've got John Morant, you've got Zion Williamson, Trey Young. Um, there's so many different players for the Charlotte Hornets. So obviously talk to me about that another time. But anyway, um, when you do have that chance, Everyone takes some time, you know, watch a few minutes of basketball, especially for our Southern teams. You know, who knows? You might like it. Now, moving on, it is time for our Alabama-Mississippi State recap. Now, obviously, the mantra of being an Alabama fan is joyless murder ball. Well, it kind of was murder ball, but I definitely think we wish there was more, you know, offense or more points. Yeah, for sure. And I think there could have been with Bryce. He took so much time and he was scrambling around and he would throw it at the very last second. And it didn't always work out. He has got to run even just to get those easy first downs. I think with Bryce, he's still just nervous about his shoulder. And that's okay. I mean, he has all right to be nervous about it. But I also think that with this, they made a very surprise sub they put Darian Dalcourt back at center rather than Seth McLaughlin yeah and I maybe you know more about the reasoning but I I wasn't really sure what the thought process was behind that so I was looking and it was said that apparently Seth might have suffered a minor injury against Tennessee so they had put Darian back in there but the thing about having Seth out there is that Seth is more physical. He's a better run blocker. And whenever we have Seth out there, he's just always the better center. So I feel like right now, if we don't decide you know, which center is best for us, we're going to have some problems. Yeah, for sure. And luckily, like we've mentioned, we're on that bye week. So they've got some time to figure that out. But I think you're right. I think solidifying that is going to seal the offense and their identity. I definitely have to agree. And I mean, it'll make things much easier for our running backs. Also, Bill O'Brien, what was that rushing performance? I... I I don't know. I've run out of things to say about Bill O'Brien. I know some fans I, are like, give up on him, but no, I've given up. 
know, you you gave up on him three weeks ago. I did. So that's very aware. I was looking at something on Twitter, and it had said that Bill O'Brien is now going to be referred to as Bill Bryan because he's lost the ability to have the O in his name. <laughs> well, I can't disagree. That was really funny. I, I like that. Whoever said that, I'll, I'll find that later and attach that to the episode. But I mean, whoever said that, that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, 10 out of 10 execution on that. But seriously, I mean, looking at this, and yes, it's good to see that Jameer Gibbs mm-hmm. is getting touched. But 10 carries for 37 yards? Right, with one rushing touchdown again was by Gibbs. So... And I mean, you know, Jace McClellan, six carries for nine yards. Mm-hmm. Roydell Williams, six carries for seven yards. Obviously, looking at this, we had that one bad snap. But mm-hmm. we can't run the ball like this. We said it before that Jameer Gibbs needs to have at least 15 touches mm-hmm. a game. Yeah, and he's not the only one that can do it, though. That's I think what is so frustrating is that the talent we have in order to rush the ball is not being used and executed in the way it needs to be. Yeah, so I think it's something where, I mean, Bryce shouldn't be having to throw the ball 35 times. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, mean. If he wants to, great. Right, and I, yeah, it's tricky. You know, with him being hurt, I think, like you said, he is scared to run, but he's also going to hurt his shoulder by throwing that much. I think with this right now, Alabama needs to get back to their roots. And we've been saying this for the past three, four weeks, that they need to get back to their roots. And mm-hmm. someone please send this next episode to Bill O'Brien or someone if you have that connection. Because, I mean, right now... We know how good Jameer Gibbs and Jason McCollin are. I mean, they average close to seven and close to six yards respectfully. But it's as if we run them and then we forget they exist. Right. No, I, I totally agree. So that's kind of our idea there. But another topic on that consideration in regards to Alabama versus Mississippi State, is Eli Ricks the answer in our secondary? So I think so. And I was reading where Saban has kind of been hinting at some changes coming to the team. And I assume this was one of them. And I thought it was a great change. I thought it was too. I mean, a lot of people were saying, you know, why was he playing? Why is he started? And obviously my question with that is what took us so long? So again, you know, reading some things, I've seen where he's not a good practice player, meaning during practice, he's not the star. He's not showing up and showing out. And a lot of people were comparing him to one of my favorites, Sean Alexander. Shout out to Sean. Um, But he was kind of in the same boat. He wasn't a good practice player, but they would show up for games. And I think really with this, um, you know, a lot of Players were calling for him. Actually, you know, a lot of fans. It reminds me of when Eddie Jackson started at corner. Now, a lot of people don't remember Eddie Jackson playing cornerback at Alabama. In 2014, and Eddie, you can, you know, close your ears for this, he was not good. 
it, it was awful. But the next year, Nick Saban noticed something that a lot of coaches might not have noticed, and he moved Eddie Jackson to safety. That move to safety ended up not only making Eddie Jackson an All-American, got him drafted to the NFL, got him a wonderful size contract, a pro bowler, all pro, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. It takes one person to struggle to move another person in, and that lights the fire. Maybe this is what lit the fire under Eli. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, you also have to have the players um, be accepting to that. And I don't think that's always easy for players, especially if, you know, they started out in high school with one position and that's all they've ever played. You know, I think they they try to be loyal to that, but you have to be open to changing. Absolutely. So I think with this right now, obviously you've got Eli on one end, you've got Kool-Aid at the other. And they were trying to go after Kool-Aid, which obviously is not a smart idea. I mean, why would you do that? (laughs) I think they learned that pretty quickly, that it was not a good idea. And I definitely think that this is going to help. Now, the big thing that I want to bring up is that last second touchdown Mm -hmm. where DeMarco Hellum is – screaming at his teammate because they let them score. Yeah, and the teammate he's screaming at is new. So do we give him a pass? Maybe. But it was frustrating as a fan. But I think with that, Nick Saban sounded like he wanted to see that. He wanted to see them get frustrated, get mad. Mm -hmm. And I think it could be a way where we can see that this defense might be back. Yeah, I agree. I think it's giving us a little glimpse of last year with Will and his leadership. And he might have not screamed at players. I think he handled it differently. But it's just that leadership piece and kind of saying, hey, you need to wake up and pay attention. Well, I think another thing, too, that we need to look at is that after probably like one of the worst games of his life, DeMarco Hellum comes out and plays a terrific game. Right. Yeah, that we we needed that loss and that wake-up call, unfortunately. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I know that we just point out the facts, but, you know, we saw how you played, Marco. Um we are on behalf of all fans we are sorry for what people were saying um so i definitely think that this is going to be a good wake-up call if any db deserves to take gas station picks it's probably demarco (laughs) kool-aid eli i don't know about you jordan battle i I haven't seen enough from you yet maybe maybe after this thing he's been a little quiet all in all i I don't know Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. But as a whole, I think the secondary played great. I think so, too. And then this is going to make for a bigger story of should Eli Ricks start when Alabama plays LSU? I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I, I feel like the right answer is yes. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, there's going to be so much animosity between 
him and the LSU fans. Yeah, there is, but maybe that's going to give us some fire. I think it is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to go out and play, I don't want to say pissed off, but play just out of his mind. And obviously it's a different team, but how many players get to go out and play their former team and look for a big game or look for a win? Right, in their home stadium. So I think with this, I think Eli might be the answer, but I think now this is going to come back to can our defensive line get healthy again? Because they were trying to apparently put Will Anderson as pass rushing from the middle, and that is not his strong suit. No, I I don't think that's the right place for him. No, I mean, Will is one of the best athletes Alabama has ever had, but his strength is being on the edge and rushing. And you can't put him in the middle to go up against the center because the center is smaller than him, but also because the center is much more physical than probably a left tackle or a right tackle. No, I think he needs to stay where he is. You know, I think. He has been a little quieter this year, but I I don't think moving him is going to be any benefit to the defense. No, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this next game, Alabama finds a way to move him from the left side to the right side, or they're just going to put him in Dallas on the field at the same time, or, you know, him, Dallas, and Chris, or they're going to... It would be kind of funny, actually, if they like had dropped him into coverage with Henry because it, everyone would be so confused. Yeah, see, I could see something like that working in their favor. I, I think that would be really cool because, you know, you drop him into coverage. You know, he's just sitting there with Henry, and everyone's just so confused. Like, <laughs> why is he right there? Why is he not coming after me? You and know, then he delays. I, I feel like Pete Golding does take those risks on defense, whereas Bill O'Brien takes zero risks with offense. Yeah, um, someone's got to yell at Bill O'Brien for that. But that's what we're going to see. But, of course, we also have to close out with our focus on our small market teams in the NFL. And we were wrong about the Falcons. We had picked them to win. Uh, Sadly, that was not the case. No. Um, the Saints, I, I don't know what to say about them. I mean, it's, I saw this meme a few days ago where it's Homer disappearing into the bushes, but he was wearing a Saints shirt and then he comes down and he's wearing a Pelican shirt. That's kind of, I think, how all Saints fans are feeling right now. I think their season's just fading away. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, they will, um, hopefully figure something out or at least when, Another game. Um, the Titans looked good. Their defense looked good. Um, I am sorry to Matt Ryan for getting hurt. Uh, that's another thing, too, is that Matt Ryan is going to be hurt mm-hmm. for the next little bit. Sam Ellinger will, will start, not Nick Foles. Um, and then, really, you know, we already focused on the Panthers. I mean, they came out there and surprised all of us with that win. 
they did and looked very strong. Now, again, I think, you know, the Bucks have a lot going on right now. So can they keep it going? I'm not so sure. I don't really think a lot of people know, which is okay. I mean, but right now, I mean, it's getting interesting. I don't want to say that there's a lot of drama in the South, but you look at the NFC South, and I'm pretty sure all those teams have a losing record. They do. So, I mean, it's kind of up for grabs of whoever can carry out their season. Which is so unreal because I never pegged that that would happen. I was thinking that it would be one team would dominate and the others would just kind of fall behind. Now it's as if they're all running towards the finish line and someone trips and they all trip the three others. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who can hang. I definitely have to agree with that. Looking towards week eight, we have the Saints and Raiders who will play. We've got the Panthers Falcons who will play. That's going to be – it's surprising because – and I never thought I would say this, but that game could actually have implications on who's going to be the number one seed. Yeah, it definitely could, like you said, with their – you know, losing streaks or records that they've got. I I do think that's going to determine who's going to end up on top. I definitely have to agree there. But as always, that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake's Still 14. You can find Christy on instagram and tiktok at christy marie underscore double zero as always this is sponsored by variety sports network if you have a chance check them out i'm super grateful for all they've done for the two of us you can find us on spotify anchor apple podcast google podcast basically all podcast platforms and we will be back on friday kind of just breaking down some more football games some more news. Let's see if there's some trades that are going to be happening. Expect that there are going to be a lot of trades this week as the trade deadline is up and coming. And once again, thank you so much for all the love and support. Drop a like, drop a follow, share this with your friends. Thank you so much for everything y'all do. Continue to be great. Make adventures in your life. Be the best version of you you can be. Create happiness. Continue to be a light. The world is still a very weird interesting place we're thinking of you st louis we heard about what happened earlier and our thoughts are with you and as always thank you so much for all the wonderful things you can do and we will see you all later take care bye Find